Welcome to the GSI Briefing Podcast. This is Regina Agia, President of the Garden State Initiative. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at New Jersey's business climate and outlook for 2023. Joining me today is Chris Emmaholtz, Chief Government Affairs Officer for the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. NJBIA, as it is known, was founded in 1910 and serves as the voice for thousands of New Jersey businesses. They focus on the advancement of the competitive excellence and financial success of its members. Chris Emmaholtz previously led NJBIA's Education and Workforce Development Policy Team from 2005 to 2010. Until he left NJBIA, to serve as the budget director for the Senate Republican office. He rejoined NJBIA in 2019 as vice president of government affairs and was promoted to his current position just this last September. Here's my conversation with NJBIA's Chris Emmaholtz. Hello, Chris. Thanks for joining me on the GSI Briefing Podcast. How are you today, Regina? Good, good. I'm anxious to hear. You've got lots of news for us, I think. So, um, maybe we can, you know, start with, you know, just talking about the whole association. NJBIA has long represented a host of different industries for all your members, but I know your members value your association because you advocate for what they have in common. So let's start with what are NJBIA's goals? So we have thousands of members throughout the state, almost ten thousand, and they range from the mom and pop downtown small businesses, dry cleaners, pizzerias, delis all the way up to the Fortune 100 companies that are household names. And there's a lot of differences, but there's also a lot they have in common. And we try to make New Jersey a more business-friendly state. And we know that's not as always easy as we'd like it to be, but that is our goal. And, and trying to macro level, just make our economic climate, our business climate a little more friendly. But on the micro level is, is advocate for businesses. And so we hear from the little guys that are struggling and what their struggles are. We hear from the big corporations what their issues are. We hear from somebody struggling with um, different types of issues um, that are unique to their business. But whatever it is, if you're a member of BIA and just in general, we want to make our business climate better for all of the businesses in the state. And so that becomes fiscal economic issues that I know um, I, we, we've been have the pleasure to work with GSI on. That becomes uh, labor mandates, environmental mandates, trying to make sure they're a little softened to still accomplish what we all want, and that's protecting people, protecting the environment, but do it in a way that's not going to hurt business. And so just trying to make sure we're a little more balanced because New Jersey sometimes loses that balance uh, at times. Well, you know, it's it's interesting you said that because um, most recently, in fact, uh, you know, earlier this month, NJBIA released your 64th Annual Business Outlook Survey. And it seemed to, as you were alluding to, it really painted a mixed picture of the state's economy and business climate. So, Chris, how would you characterize the results of the survey and what surprised you most from the survey? What's unfortunate is that it's not all that surprising. All of our members get a chance to respond to this over several months. We're surveying the uh, membership and pretty consistently over the years, affordability and overregulation have been consistent burdens and hurdles that are put in front of the businesses in New Jersey. And this year, I think you saw a little bit more of a focus on the affordability issues. But that's not new to New Jersey. Um, but you've seen people complain about our high corporate taxes, high income taxes, high property taxes. Yes, it's those issues that are pocketbook dollar sign issues. 
but it's also a little bit of a almost a cultural feeling that our state's not doing enough. And and very, very few of our members um, think that the state's doing enough on affordability. And that that's probably the most stark number that I saw is just we don't think that the state is here to help business. And that's something that that we sometimes get a sense of in Trenton, but it's also those Main Street businesses, those corporations throughout the state, they're kind of more doing more to get in our way than they are to help us. Um, we do see some positives and we see that um, people in New Jersey, the business in New Jersey, they are happy with the quality of our workforce better than other states. They think that our assets, infrastructure better than other states, uh, quality of life is better than other states. So there's a lot of assets in New Jersey that we should be proud of. I think what comes through is when you see the positivity around the assets and then you see the negativity around the affordability and the mandates, it's I think we're losing the opportunity to take advantage of our assets, to optimize our assets. And and unfortunately, I don't think our state is growing as much because of that. And I think our members are loud and clear. I think the other thing, not so much a surprise, because you can kind of see this with the um, the media narrative that, that's going on these days, but the outlook for the future year, the perspective year, was worse this year than it has been in quite some time. And I think you saw um, a lot of positivity before the pandemic. The economy was kind of humming along. And then you had this, this shock, this trauma, uh, in more ways than one, certainly a lot more than just fiscal trauma, um, health-wise and what it did to families, what it did to quality of life around the, around the world, but um, obviously impacted the economy quite a bit. So there was some uncertainty and the numbers dropped quite a bit from 19 to 2021. But I think last year you saw a little bit of positivity in what people expected for the next year, which is the year we're in right now. This year, you saw one of the worst um, negative outlooks that uh, the net number was actually worse than it's been in quite some time. And I think that's because everybody's wondering, is that recession right around the corner? When's the kind of the bottom going to drop out of, of this very interesting economy that we've been in where it was doing better in terms of rebounding from the pandemic than people thought it might be? And it was a very quick rebound. Jobs kind of came back and, and consumer spending came back. But at the same time, we know there's a lot of uncertainty there. We've gone through this unprecedented shock to the economy. And how that's going to play out, I don't know if anybody knows. You know, businesses have choices, and we need to keep that, you know, front of mind. And GSI held a virtual forum exploring Pennsylvania's decision to dramatically cut their business tax rate. We, of course, discussed the risk this could create for New Jersey, since we continue to levy the highest business taxes in the United States. How concerning is what our neighboring states are doing? How concerning is that for your members? It's very concerning. Um, a lot of what we talk about when we're advocating on behalf of business is the competitive disadvantage advantage that that pieces of legislation, regulatory changes will make on New Jersey. I think some people get caught up in a hyperbole of we're the best, we're the worst, we're the best, we're the worst. But a lot of the job creation, economic improvements, revenue gains, it's at the margins. All states are going to see growth. And, and I know we've, we've heard a rebuttal whenever we talk about how our economy should be doing better or, or how certain things are going to hurt us. Oh, we have more millionaires today we, than we used to. We have more businesses open today than we used to. But I also think just the nature of the economy, economic growth around the world, around the nation, around New Jersey is I think probably most states, if not every state, has more millionaires than they used to. Most states, if not every state, has probably more businesses open today than they used to. There's a lot more um, the gig economy and small businesses and entrepreneurial mindset. That's a good thing. doesn't mean we're doing as well as we can. And if you look at the margins, we do seem to lose more 
revenue and more more to out migration than other states do. And so you can have a very successful business in Pennsylvania, very successful business in New Jersey. Is New Jersey doing anything to kind of get a few more jobs when when those multi-state corporations are making decisions on, hey, do I want to create a few extra jobs in Pennsylvania and what's my bang for the buck here? Or I want to create a few extra jobs in New Jersey. What's the ROI there? And I think that development in Pennsylvania that you alluded to, which is great for Pennsylvania businesses, great for New Jersey businesses that happen to be working there. Um, it's a good economic decision. So I'm not going to say like, oh, it's a bad move by Pennsylvania. It's a great move by Pennsylvania. But that competitive disadvantage that we have vis-a-vis -vis Pennsylvania is now a little worse. And again, I think it's twofold that number one, there are companies in Pennsylvania that will save money. Companies that operate in both states will see that they're doing better in Pennsylvania than they are in New Jersey. But it's a mindset that Pennsylvania is doing something to soften the impacts that businesses are seeing right now. Because we know inflation has been trying, going back to the Business Outlook survey and your previous question, inflation has been hurting businesses. The vast majority of businesses have, have suffered from that this past year. The supply chain issue, vast majority of businesses have su suffered from that. Workforce shortages, the vast majority of businesses have trouble finding people. So we know those are going on. Those aren't unique to New Jersey. They're going on everywhere. But here you have a state like Pennsylvania that says, you know what? Businesses are having a hard time these days. Let's see what we can do to soften some of that bad stuff that we can't control. State of Pennsylvania, Governor Wolf, State of New Jersey, Governor Murphy, they can't control the war in Ukraine. They can't control the international effects that are still kind of coming out of, of the pandemic. But you can control your state corporate tax. You can control your state policies that increase spending or, or lead to more debt. And so I think that mindset that Pennsylvania is there for its businesses trying to help, New Jersey hasn't seen that. So I think some businesses get a little frustrated when they see that. So you talked about there are certain metrics you can look at that we are growing. You know, our GDP is going up. Uh, we are having, we have more millionaires, to your point, right? But the competitive mindset says, but that's not in a vacuum, right? Is everybody else, and I think the data has proven out that we look at a GSI anyway, quarter over quarter, that with very few exceptions, we are not growing as quickly or as robustly as our neighboring states, and certainly as compared to the Southeast and some of the Southwest states. So, you know, that mindset that you were just talking about has to, I think, be much more willing to, you know, pick your head up and look around, you know, at the other, at the other states. And your other point about, you know, addressing the high level of taxation in Pennsylvania, it's not only that all those common issues of supply chain, inflation, wage growth, et cetera. But at least in Pennsylvania's case, the total growth for the economy was going to outweigh whatever revenue that came down on the business tax side because they believe they would retain more jobs, they would attract more businesses that have more income for their residents. So therefore, they get more income tax revenue, they'd be spending more, so they'll get more sales. And that's the model that they grew. That would, could be true, I, I think, anyway, for New Jersey as well, that when you, you know, adjust one tax, you actually can create upside in others. And, you know, honestly, the, the, you know, lastly, your point about affordability, that there's been enormous, you know, discussion about, as you say, we've got wonderful assets, our air, sea, and land transportation systems, our workforce, et cetera. But the offsetting burden of both cost of doing business and the cost of living in New Jersey just has not had significant improvement. Again, both relative to others and frankly, in an absolute term, I think, for New Jersey residents. So what do you think? Is there a potential for change in the priorities um, you know, with the legislators that you work with and understanding the level of change that's required for, in order for us to grow as robustly as the rest of the country? 
That's a tough question. In some ways, it's the million dollar question. I, by my nature, try to be optimistic and and try to think of the best. And sometimes being a, a business advocate in New Jersey, it's it, um, not always easy to do that. But I think there's been some change. As much as I want, no. As much as New Jersey needs, no. But some of the change has been more just verbal and, and press-wise and actually action. But you've seen last year's elections in the state of New Jersey. You heard coming out of those elections, there was a lot of talk about, hey, we don't think we've done enough to address those pocketbook kitchen table issues in New Jersey, and we need to do more on affordability. And I think you've seen a lot of folks talking about that this year. And then there's been some action on more the resident side, the individual side. And that's positive. It's certainly not a bad thing to make it more affordable for maybe the low-income family, the first-time college student, buying a home for the first time, all of that. That's not a bad thing. And it's going to ultimately help our economy to see that go forward. But my frustration has been, despite the talk about affordability, despite some of the action on the individual affordability issues, some of what they've done has specifically excluded business. And so we've seen not a lot of action on the business affordability side. And that's frustrating. And an example is the anchor program. This is the big initiative of the um, legislature and governor last year was um, property tax relief, because almost every survey you ever hear, people complain about property taxes. And it's not new. Uh, the BIA business outlook surveys, there's been 64 of them. Property taxes are a concern and probably every single one. But what they did is they took the existing homestead uh, rebate, homestead credit program, and they expanded it quite a bit in terms of who's eligible and how much of a benefit you can get. And they labeled it as the anchor program instead of the homestead program. And now this year, there's going to be a lot more people getting bigger awards from the state to offset their property taxes. So number one, it's not a bad thing to do it. But I would argue we're not doing anything to actually slow the cost of the cost drivers that are driving property taxes up. We're not doing anything to actually cut your bills from being as high from your townships because their spending is still going up. And then the, the most upsetting for me as a, as a business advocate is the new law, and it was done through budget language, because not even a statutory change. It's just uh, budget language for this year and have to be in the new budget to um, every year to, to keep it going. It specifically says businesses are not included and businesses pay about half the property taxes in our state. And so we know New Jersey, uh, we were talking about corporate taxes. We're number one in the nation on corporate taxes. We're number one in the nation on property taxes. Property taxes are always going up and they're a problem and businesses are getting no relief. And when you're a small business, that's probably the biggest biggest tax you pay is the property you own or it's factoring into your rent costs. And, and we talk about New Jersey's affordability issues. Yes, it's taxes, but it's also very expensive to own property here, very expensive to pay rent here. Very expensive to the labor costs are expensive here. Energy costs are expensive here. So affordability is a little bigger than just thinking about corporate tax, property taxes, which are which are major. But it's that general affordability and property taxes contribute to that. And we're not doing anything to help businesses on that. Uh, you and I could have a whole nother episode about property taxes and you know the need. You made exactly the right point. We have to drive down the cost, not you know move money around such that there are. You know, one group is benefiting that another group is then subsidizing. And these are rebates that are subject to the vagaries of every year of the budget. This is not a sustained um, commitment to any of these individuals who are getting this relief while their taxes are going up. Exactly. And again, looking at year over year, you know, not growing as much as maybe some prior years has nothing to do with how competitive when a business looks at 
New Jersey property taxes versus Pennsylvania or anywhere else. So besides taxes and, you know, some of the uh, issues that we've been costing doing business we've been talking about, what other issues are on your radar that you think will be prominent in 23? going to try to be a little more positive first and I'll go back to the negative because um, I, I business advocates we try to avoid being like the the guy that's always saying no 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 opposing things and so we like to try to find areas that we can support and and it's kind of baked into some of the other things I've already talked about so we have um, a lot to be proud of with our infrastructure with our workforce so number one is if we are spending and obviously our state spends a lot of money last year's but state budget state spending was 50.6 billion dollars biggest has ever been um, and growing a lot in recent years. And that growth is not all bad. And if we're growing spending in three areas of the uh, of the state budget, I think it's a good thing. It's a win-win and it's going to generate economic growth. So number one, if we're seeing growth in infrastructure spending and number two, workforce development spending and number three, innovation spending, I think those are going to generate economic growth. And so working with the legislature, especially workforce development, has been a big focus for BIA lately. We talked about the workforce shortages and everyone has to just drive down Main Street and see help wanted signs and and wait at a restaurant a little longer than it used to and wait in a doctor's office a little longer than it used to. It's a very acute problem, especially in healthcare and manufacturing and retail hospitality. We've always complained about affordability and some of the regulatory burdens that we have. But now when you talk to a lot of businesses, the top thing they say is, hey, I can deal with taxes if I'm generating the business activity I, I, I want to. I can deal with some of the mandates. They're a headache, but I could deal with them. If I don't have the workers to actually create my products or to sell my services, then I, I'm, I, I can't do the activity that I want. And so um, workforce has become a major, major crisis for our state. And I, I think we've seen some good momentum where the state has invested in BIA as a partnership with our community colleges around the state. There's a community college campus within a half an hour of every single person in the state of New Jersey. Or obviously, it's a great way to get your associate's degree, but it's also a great place to access workforce development, training, um, some basic skills that unfortunately some of our employees in the economy lack. And so community colleges have really risen to the needs of the economy and, and work with employers and deserve a lot of credit. Uh, they've created this career pathways program that the legislature and governor have funded for the past few years that BIA is happy to partner with um, our community colleges on. And what's great about that, it's also brought to the table the four-year colleges, um, K-12, OTEC schools, private career schools, trade unions, Everybody that's involved in training and developing our future workforce is part of this problem so that we have um, some more best practice sharing and everybody's at the table together thinking about how do we get the workforce that our economy needs and will allow us to grow the way we want. So I think workforce development is important. We've seen some um, piece of legislation on especially healthcare workforce. A um, little bit of a disappointment that I don't think we've focused as much of our American Rescue Plan and CARES Act dollars into workforce as we've seen other states do. Uh, for example, just to the north of us, New York put hundreds of millions of dollars into addressing the healthcare workforce, and we've put considerably less than that. Um, so I hope with the money that we have left, and it's going to be a focus of ours, is invest in workforce, but also if we're investing in the innovation economy, um, innovation and STEM, uh, some of the technical careers and industries out there, that's where you see a lot of the growth. And so anything we can do to support whether um, it's more R&D going on, on the digital side, on the bio side, the pharma side. Um, but just we want people in our state developing and and inventing the new thing and, and starting those small businesses and incubators that might turn into the mid-sized businesses that will then turn into the large businesses um, and grow rapidly. And, and so anything we do to kind of help that innovation happen, invest more in R&D and research, uh, whether it's uh, I get cancer research, 
or or battery research, fusion research. There was a big fusion announcement recently that there's a lot of excitement there in the innovation and wind energy, anything on the green energy front. All of that innovation could lead to a lot of excitement in our economy. Um, and then lastly, I said infrastructure. So that's a win-win. You're creating jobs, putting people to work, but then you're creating something that's going to be there for, for generations and, and help our economy work, making better roads, better ports, better rail, better um, broadband, um, better water and sewer. Creating something, building something, I think, is, is a better way to spend the money that we have from the feds, the money that we have in, in surplus right now than kind of creating that new program when we're not funding the programs that we already have. So those three investment areas, I, I'd like to see more of a focus on. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought up um, the workforce and the couple of industries that you mentioned. Because as I remember, Chris, healthcare as a broad category, I think it's the highest employer in the state of New Jersey. That's yeah, huge part of our economy. Yeah, exactly. But as you were saying, creating a opportunity to build skills for the next group of jobs, the next innovations that are going to, you know, be invested in and uh, by by the business community in our state is uh, essential. Yes. So I guess I'll, I'll round it out, Chris. Um, you know, and see if anyone who you know is listening to our podcast today wants to get information on NJBIA and what you are doing. How can they find out more? Um, well, I guess first, just most broadly, our website, njbia.org, um, it's a great resource and you can learn about what we do. Um, you could also feel free to reach out to me at uh, steemmyholtz at njbia.org and emmyholtz spelled E-M-I-G-H-O-L-Z. I'm happy to connect with anybody. I'm head of government affairs for BIA, but outside of the advocacy um, stuff that we provide and and once you're a member, you'd be able to get a daily newsletter. You'd be able to join policy committees to help shape some of the advocacy work that we do in Trenton, because we're better advocates if we hear from the businesses out there that are on the ground, seeing what's working and it's not working. And that only makes us better in Trenton, in the halls of the state statehouse um, for businesses when everybody's involved. But outside the advocacy, which I focus on, we also have a wealth of cost-saving uh, resources um, you can get your health care through BIA. You can get your um, access to a retirement savings plan for your employees. If you're a small business, sometimes it's very daunting to try to figure out how to navigate um, finding health care options for your employees, finding retirement plans. But what we do have is by the economies of scale that you get from BIA being together with so many other businesses in the same boat as other small businesses that you can kind of get some of those cost-saving options that you wouldn't otherwise be able to provide to your employees. So there's a lot of benefits you can get outside the advocacy, but but definitely information is important, just the compliance and making sure you're staying on top of it and, and having the chance to influence. So uh, thank you, NJBIA's Chris Emmaholtz. Thanks for being on the GSI Briefing Podcast today, and we'll have you back during 23 to see if some of the things you're working on bear fruit. Thank you very much, Regina. It was great to talk to you. The GSI Briefing is produced by the Garden State Initiative. For more information about GSI, visit us at GardenStateInitiative.org and be sure to follow us on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to the GSI Briefing on the podcast platform of your choice. And please leave us a good rating. This is Regina Agia, and thank you for listening. <music>